Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again with another episode of the Nolcast. And Bud, we have a uh, much anticipated, may not always be uh, the most comfortable listen for parts of the fan base, but going to try to give people the most honest uh, ideas to what they can expect on Saturday. Uh, certainly a game that Florida State doesn't go into favored, but there's some there's some aspects here that we can talk about with some general and legitimate positive uh, tone and also some real areas for concern. So we'll do our best to uh, juggle those two and give you guys the uh, the most honest uh, interpretation of uh, how we see these two matchups or how we see these two rosters matching up and uh, do our best to, to give you an idea as to how Saturday may go. So... Uh, as always, want to thank our friends in New Iberia, Louisiana, uh, Louisiana Hot Sauce. Fantastic product, fantastic partnership for us. And uh, as the title sponsor of the Nolcast, uh, they are instrumental in, in what we've uh, been able to build as a podcast and be able to try to bring to you consistency or consistently. But with that, let's, uh, let's jump into some of these particular Clemson matchups. Yeah, man. Uh, Clemson is coming into this game and they are loaded. Um, Look, it, there's no way to sugarcoat this, right? There was probably a time to get Clemson this year, you know, if, if they could be had. And uh, I don't know that now is that time. Clemson seems to have hit their stride. Their, their last couple games, they're they're in just a a ridiculous stratosphere as far as their percentile performance against uh, against NC State. Ingram, their performance was in the 96th percentile, uh, 94 on offense, 94 on defense. At Wake, 81st on offense, 94 on defense. Um, this is just a – it's a ridiculous team right now. They they have you – know, th- there were quarterback questions going into the year, and those seem to be uh, you know answered pretty much. And as a result, uh, the line is, uh, is 17 and the over-under is 50-ish. And uh, I guess we should jump in here. Let's go ahead and start. Uh, let's kind of get the the bad news out of the way. Uh, Florida State's offense against Clemson's defense. As I mentioned, this will make for some uncomfortable listening. This will probably make for some uh, less than loving emails, text, and uh, tweets that we'll receive tomorrow. But uh, this is this is not a, a great matchup. There's no way to hide from that. Uh, Clemson's defense is just laughably stocked. Uh, what they have along the line of scrimmage is remarkable, and we can make. Uh, snarky comments as to how they might have been able to entice such a group of talented kids to stay on campus uh, or other things, and it's not really going to matter. Those are the kids that a a rather inadequate offensive line is going to be tasked uh, to block. They have a front line that is exceptionally talented, and Clemson has recruited as well as anybody in the country not named Alabama. And a lot of those victories that they have have come along the line of scrimmage, and they have blue-chip pieces after blue-chip piece and you're going to see Xavier Thomas. You're going to see kids that everybody else in the country wanted, and they chose to go play Clemson. And as such, they have one of the most talented units in the country. All right, so I had a buddy of mine ask me today, and he said we were kind of asking some some hypothetical questions here, and, and he said, hey, how good is Clemson's defensive line really? And I kind of chortled. I said, all right, man, like you know how high I think of FSU's defensive line. And look, I mean – I think they're really good. I think FSU probably had like a top 10 defensive line nationally. I said, who on FSU would start for Clemson on the defensive line? Brian Burns and nobody. 
And I like Marvin Wilson a ton, but I don't know that Marvin's a starter on, on that defense. There's no chance DeMarcus Christmas starts on that defense. Clemson has three or four guys at the other defensive end spot who would start over Janarius or Wally Ime, or based on what he's shown so far this year, Kando. I mean, that that's the biggest disparity. Uh, Christmas is a remarkably good player, seemingly, when he plays against the highest level of competition. Otherwise, he, he can be kind of average. But when Christmas is right, Christmas is a really good player. Um, Marvin Wilson, good player. I agree with you. He won't start. But the, the dramatic drop-off is when you look at the other side defensive end. And, and the thing is, like, I think that should just show people how good this thing is. Uh, I went back and watched really the only game where Clemson gave up some stuff this year, which was Texas A&M. And I wonder if Jimbo has figured out a way to get defenders to tip balls to his receivers because there was like three of those that went for like 100-plus yards in that game uh, based on some some pretty wild scrambling and, and throwing up prayers by, by quarterback Kellen Mond. Um, other than that, they have just, just smoked everybody on defense. They're number one against the run. They're number 13 against the pass. They're fifth in stuff rate. They're number two in red zone defense. But other than that, they seem really vulnerable to me. Um, and, and there's no reason why Florida State's offense shouldn't run up and down the field. But here's the thing that really concerns me, right? Clemson's not playing FSU's defensive line. Clemson's D-line is playing FSU's offensive line. And uh, I don't. is there any matchup up front that you feel Florida State can block Clemson one-on-one? Is there any matchup of Florida State's offensive linemen where you say, hey, I think this offensive lineman can handle this Clemson defensive lineman without help? I mean, certainly certainly battles will be won. Uh, there will be times where Minshew gets the better of a kid, but uh, there'll be times where, you know, you, you do win a stalemate on the offensive line occasionally. But no, sure. out of 10 plays, is there any guy that we would have that would win? Six. Six? Mm-mm. No. No. There's not. And there's be a lot of them that you would lose. I'd take know, four eight, and a half at this point. Yeah. If you yeah. could you promised me four and a half, I would I would take it and I'd run with it. And I think some of Clemson's backups would abuse FSU's offensive line. This is by far the best defense FSU has seen, especially the, the defensive front. Xavier Thomas is special. I mean, I know a lot of You think you think you think Derek Kelly can block him or Brady Scott can block Xavier Thomas? Not a chance in my mind. It's a name the rest of the country will know pretty soon. I'll and he's put it a backup. Um, so that you know, that's obviously the huge problem. Um, at linebacker, you know, Clemson's pretty physical. I think they're good, but not like great in coverage. Uh, they 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 use their backers against the run pretty aggressively, as as we've seen over the years. Brent Venables does a tremendous job as a defensive coordinator, and I think their corners are are, are solid to good. If there's a weakness on the defense, I, I think it's the safeties. You know, that they've that was where they got in a little bit of trouble against Texas AM. I think their communication was off a little bit. They really didn't play great zone against AM. Their communication was was a little bit rough. That's probably where you want to attack if you can. I think early on, I always try to think about this, and, and this is I, I know something you do as well. We always think, hey. How would you play Florida State if you were if you were the opponent, right? Because then you can kind of figure out how would you, how would you want to attack this thing. And if I'm the opponent, and I know that like the only real de- weakness that my defense has had at all this year has been sort of you know safeties and then a little bit of backers and coverage. Well, I'm probably going to try to protect my back end 
and I'm going to try to stop your run without an extra guy in the box, betting on the idea that I can get enough penetration and enough domination up front to, to shut you down while still playing coverage over the top. This is kind of similar to how like the Tampa Bay Bucks played, you know, on, like in their Super Bowl run. They, they the were just so traditional good. Tampa too. Yeah. So that's something that that's going to be interesting to watch there. I, I think that's how they would that's how they will try to play Florida State by by dropping guys into coverage and letting their defensive line dominate. That's what I would do. So if I'm FSU and I and I anticipate this, I think you got to take advantage where on the outside because if you're if you're drop if you're dropping everybody back to play coverage. And, and you're still trying to take away the run, what will, what will likely be available are outsides, bubble screens, short passes, quick hitters to the outside for a little bit. This is not something you can run for four quarters against Clemson, I don't think. But early on, I do think you should try to establish that if that if, if you get the anticipated looks from Clemson that you think you're going to get. Now, at some point, you got to change that up and, and you got to go, you know, Maybe maybe fake a short, go deep, some max protection on, on early downs, try to get the ball down the field in explosive plays. I really don't think you're going to be able to sustain long, methodical drives against Clemson. So, something tells me that you will probably have a, a negative play or, or a you know, play for loss or, or a sack uh, if you try to go 10, 12 play drives against the Tigers, man. That's, uh, that's kind of how I would do it. Now, here's the, here's the, the problem with this. If you have the numbers advantage to run, you still need to run because because passing when, when you when when the numbers in the box dictate that that you need to run, that's not a recipe. That's not really a recipe for success. So, if Clemson can just shut down Florida State's run game without like like without actually using numbers to stop it, FSU is just so screwed. You can't do anything against that. You you really can't unless unless their secondary just completely falls apart, which is possible but not probable. I would try to make Clemson play in space, though, certainly. Like, like you, your advantage, if you have one, I don't think you do, but I think you ha- may have a, a, a less of a disadvantage from Clemson um, on the outside. Right? I think your receivers are, are, are pretty good. Francois has thrown the ball well at times this year, at times extremely well, actually, uh, at other times not so well. I, I, would, I would continue to use your, you know, your, your receiver splits out there to get Clemson in space. It also can help you define the coverage, whether in either, either man or zone. And look, if you want to get them to play in zone, then I think you use some of your some of your bunch sets because it's hard to go man on that because there's natural pick plays, which get set up. We, we definitely saw Texas A&M do that some, and to try to get Clemson in, in, in the zone because Clemson, I think, has the guys to play some man at times against you. So you, and of course they will play some, but you know you need to try to get them into some zone looks. If you can, maybe that's how you get a free runner against their secondary, because they don't pass up, you know, pass somebody off, or they have a misidentification. That's entirely possible. The other thing, remember we mentioned last week how they had these kind of like interesting like receiver option looks that they were at least, I guess, bluffing against Wake, and they didn't actually pitch him, and they didn't actually do like the shovel pass. I think that's something you probably need to go ahead and pitch or or take the shovel if it's there. Against against Clemson because that's just it's another look that you have that it might get them off balance. We've put uh, we've put a couple things on film that that certainly have a second chapter to them, uh, and and there's no 
greater game than to maybe see whatever that other wrinkle is. I mean, look, how many how many trick plays did Jimbo Fisher really run during his time in Tallahassee? Not certainly not a ton. You're going to need something like that, and I don't I don't think it's coincidence that Jimbo Fisher thought he would needed something like that to to play against this defense. Um you want to try to play this game as far away from the line of scrimmage as possible. I, I completely agree with you as far as what to expect. I think uh, if there's a game where you really want to uh, to live up to that spitting on the sidelines mantra of the offseason, uh, this is it. You want to try to get wide. Uh, you want to try to play away from Clemson's strength and, and really play the game on the edge of the field and then maybe play the game uh, in the back middle of their secondary as much as possible. So... Uh, it'll be really interesting to see what kind of game plan and uh, there's things that Florida State can do and DeAndre Francois has at times been uh, been a really good quarterback. So uh, curious to see how they how they develop a game plan and and what they really ask of him and and also what they really think they can get from this offensive line. You've talked a lot about run blocking, but pass blocking is is I mean I don't I don't figure how you can can really think to have any kind of uh, long establishing route or anything else against this defense uh, with what you have up front. So very curious to see what they try to come up with and whether or not there's successful execution of any type really from the offense. So all of this sounds really good, and I don't want to mislead y'all because even though this is how I would attack it and this is how I think Florida State should attack it, you know who does that better than Florida State does? The, the, the short passing game, quickly identifying the open man, getting the ball out? NC State. And Clemson just beat the hell out of that, 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 that attempt. I mean, it was 34 attempts for 156 yards, 4.2 per attempt, two picks. That, that is just a, a dominant effort from them against the thing that I think Florida State should try, but Florida State is not as good at it because Francois is not as quick or as accurate at throwing the ball as, as Ryan Finley is. Ryan Finley is a better quarterback than DeAndre. Certainly for that type of offense. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't want to mislead people into thinking like this is actually going to work. This is, I think, your best shot if you have a shot. Here's the other really scary stat for you, by the way. Remember how we talked about how Florida State was like – unsustainably good on passing downs against Wake last week. And and we said that's that's not going to uh, that's not gonna work. You want to guess what NC State's success rate was on passing downs against Clemson? Uh in the teens? Yeah, yeah, thirteen percent. That's a better offense and definitely a better passing offense than Florida State's. Thirteen percent. So if you get in long down and distance there's a good chance you're totally dead. Anyway, so that was kind of depressing. <laughs> uh, it is. There's just no. There's no. There's no rosy picture to paint uh, when you look at that matchup. It's going to be a challenge. Really, I think it's a matter of of first downs of not putting your defense in a in a place. And and if you're going to, we'll certainly get to the the predictions and stuff like this. But if Florida State has any chance of winning, you certainly. In my opinion, anyways, you're looking at like a 21-17 game or some super low-scoring game where big plays, turnovers, uh, things you know, as you mentioned, non-long sustain uh, drives or uh, or things that result in plays. And I think it's got to be a very low-scoring game and a game where you have 
lowered expectations where you're just looking to control the ball for a couple minutes and uh, maybe sneak points when they're available. So let me. So I guess the best way to put this is like Florida State's A game on offense is is I think noticeably worse than like Clemson's B minus defense game. If Florida State's going to have success on offense, they need to play their A game, and they need Clemson to make major mistakes, several of them. Otherwise, they, I have a real hard time seeing them score score in, in in the twenties or even the upper teens. So, that's just just my opinion on it. We should also tell people that uh, I think we have identified Ingram the reason why Florida State has not been playing as well at home, and uh, that's because not everybody has been having their Noel Cast Bloody Mary. So we're going to need y'all to go to Madison Social on Saturday and really amp up the Noel Cast Bloody Mary game uh, by, by magnitudes, man. Let, let's get a bunch of those ordered. They are coming back for this Clemson game. FSU needs to pull out all the stops if it's going to win. Madison Social is already helping them by pulling out all the stops. That is exactly what we need to do this week in order to get the win. Give... Uh... I'm sure you already have, but if you haven't, give them a follow on their social media. They just put out a uh, a picture of of the old beauty as she sits there, and they will be uh, they will be available on Saturday morning, as Bud said. Uh, the Florida State's record when serving uh, no cast Bloody Mary is certainly better than that when they're not. So uh, let's hope between that and the Madison Social Prayer that has proven to be a uh, a real uptick in the in the football f- programs. Uh, fortunes that uh, we're doing all the things off the field to give us the best possible chance for a positive result on Saturday. Absolutely. And with that, let's move to a little bit more positive uh, aspect of this podcast, at least I think. Uh, Florida State's defense currently ranks 21st in S&P. Clemson's offense 11th. So again, advantage Clemson, but not in the same way that 109th first second is an advantage because that is a just not quite the disparity here between FSU's defense and Clemson's offense. Uh, they are a multiple spread offense uh, with, with tremendous weapons and a lot of balance. And the thing is, they're better than that 11th ranking. That 11th ranking takes into account the game that Lord, Trevor Lawrence missed because he was injured against Syracuse, and uh, or at least the majority of the game. It also takes into account all the Kelly Bryant stuff. But Ingram, I know we dug up a couple really scary stats about how much better uh, this offense is under Trevor Lawrence. It's a different, uh, it's, I mean, it's just a completely different machine. Uh, And Lawrence is only getting better with each game. Trevor Lawrence is an absolute prodigy. Everybody knew this was going to be a problem when he signed with Clemson. Uh, Everybody knew I mean, look, the name Trevor Lawrence has been known for quite a long time. I, I'm pretty sure that I talked about him as a freshman in high school, and I'm not. there's no great eye of talent that I possess. It's, it was just that freaking obvious that this kid was going to be uh, an NFL player. So a massive upgrade over, uh, over Kelly Bryant, the marginal efficiency numbers of 8.8% compared to 2.8%. That is – that is a wild stat when you're looking at one quarterback versus the other. That's triple. They've tripled their marginal efficiency by playing uh, Trevor Lawrence. That is really good. Uh, also, he doesn't take any sacks. He gets the like he reads the defense very well and gets the ball out of his hands extremely quickly. Only four point one percent sack rate. Like he doesn't play at all like a true freshman. And I know we've had a lot of emails this week, and I agree with him. Like, yeah, he has not gone on the road and faced a, a true hostile environment. 
unless you count the, Clem- the, the Texas A&M game, which obviously wasn't the starter. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. We'll see how hostile this crowd will be on, on, on a noon on a noon game on Saturday. And as of this recording, Thursday evening, the students have not sold out their student tickets. So, you know, uh, this may not be quite the hostile atmosphere that everybody thinks, but it could be. We'll, we'll see. It'll certainly be more hostile than, than you know than, than Death Valley is in a home game. Uh, I do think he's probably the best quarterback FSU has seen by a good bit. By the way, just, just running. I mean, the kid for Sanford was very good, obviously. Just a little bit different level of talent here, uh, and less experience, certainly. Uh, their running back is also uh, really good. Does Clemson have the best running back? And maybe the the more pointed question, does Clemson already have the best quarterback in the conference? Well, the only other guy that I would make an argument for is, is, uh, Fr- is uh, not, God, not Francois, definitely not Francois, uh, is Finley. But uh, yeah, I guess I, 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 he might be man. He really might be. By the way, uh, live live commentary here during game. That is the uh, 58th rush for Georgia Tech, and the uh, only have one pass on the day against Vatech. So touchdown Georgia Tech. They are now up three touchdowns in Blacksburg. Uh, Etienne is. I mean, look, he's, he wasn't quite the high school recruit that Lawrence was, but he was certainly a, a major get for them and this is no big surprise i mean when i when i open the podcast with the acknowledgement that this team is recruited as well as anybody not named alabama the these are the these are the dividends from doing stuff like that they've got uh, a generational quarterback they've got uh, the better running back in the conference and i mentioned earlier in the year that they've basically just had a a damn factory line of wide receivers. Uh, and those, those guys are exceptional and big and going to pose a pretty big threat. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. And and there's such a, there's such a diverse group, right? I mean, T Higgins is a classic deep threat in six, four to 10 with speed. Hunter Renfro is uh, a matchup nightmare because you have to cover all these guys who are like freakish athletes on the outside for Clemson. And then you got that guy. Uh, and, and I don't want to go just with all like the white cliches, right? But Hunter Renfro gets open. He's real like like from a, a athleticism standpoint, he's extremely quick. Is his top end speed great? No, but he, his agility and acceleration are excellent. And his hand eye coordination is out of this world, which is a big part of being an athlete. And he has a great understanding of of how to get open underneath and, and in space. You know, like he he doesn't run himself into coverage. He makes you go cover him. And that, that's a big deal. That, that can make up for, for not being quite as fast. Amari Rogers is like a running back after the catch. I mean, the guy has some ridiculous moves. Uh, one of the better seven-on-seven receivers I've seen in the wild in terms of, of shaking the, you know, shaking the defender and, and then going the distance. But he's thick. He's not like, like a super skinny guy. Uh, so he can also break tackles in a physical way. Uh, and then true freshman receiver, Justin Ross uh, was the most talented receiver in the country last year, most likely. And, uh, and signed with Clemson, big time basketball guy, still learning how to play, but uh, from a physicality standpoint, I mean, just, he was on a different level than, than pretty much everybody else last year, with the exception of uh, probably the kid Penn state sign, whose name is now uh, escaping me. So, and their offensive line, uh, not bad. Like they're, I don't think they're the best offensive line in the country, but they're they're one of the better offensive lines Clemson has had, and they they do a, they do a good job. So I, I think their offense is definitely a, a top ten offense nationally. Um, I, the eleventh ranking, like we said, I, I don't think does them justice. I, there's 
a very small number of all. I would probably I would take Bama for sure. I would take Oklahoma. And then after that, uh who would I take? Any offense you would definitely take over them? No. Uttered those two? Mm-mm. I mean, so you you might really be looking at at the number two overall defense and the number, you know, number three or number four overall offense. Top five offense, definitely. Yeah, I think that's fair to say with Trevor. So that that's uh, that's a bit of a problem. You know, Ohio State's offense is pretty damn good too, but still, yeah, I I think I think Clemson is 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 probably better than him because they can actually run the ball. So. Uh, that's that's an issue. I think there's some some interesting corollaries though on, on how to attack it. Right. First of all, Clemson does not have a legitimate backup quarterback. They, they beat Syracuse with uh, I should probably know the kid's name. Yeah, I didn't think he was that bad of a recruit, but he wasn't a, a, a top level kid by any stretch. Uh, Chase Bryce, who's also also a freshman, um, he came in. He played a little bit against Clemson, but he's not he's not nearly the 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 passer that or, or the runner that Trevor is. Clemson, you know, is, is a gun, the shotgun team, basically only, and uh, and you know, as, as such, they do make you respect the like they, you have to respect the quarterback in the run game. Otherwise, as you've seen with Florida State, the run game doesn't work very much. The quarterback has to be actually willing to run. He can't just think of himself solely as a passer. Lawrence is willing to run. I do wonder though how much Clemson actually wants to run him. I don't think like he's not a great runner or even really a good runner. I think he's just an adequate athlete. You know. You got, I, if I'm FSU, I, I I make my looks to where to where Lawrence keeps the ball, and and we'll see how much he really wants to keep the ball against this Florida State defense because FSU defense will hit you, and I think that's one thing you really got to do. You got to start hitting Trevor Lawrence um, a lot, and we'll see just just how conservative Clemson gets. That may not win you the game, but it could prevent you from getting blown out. Clemson is exceptionally well-rounded, and it's not uh, a whole lot of things that you can you can really try to do because we we've talked about how they have skill and they have uh, dynamic players kind of sprinkled throughout their offense. Uh, there's a part of me that kind of wishes Florida State was a a little bit more dynamic at linebacker this year. I think there's some you could give some different fronts uh, and try to entice them into doing things that maybe would protect your defense a little more, but. You don't really have those numbers. You don't really have that uh, ability to uh, maybe take a defensive lineman off and, and play an extra linebacker. So just kind of some open-ended thought from me there. But we'll, I'd be shocked if uh, Lawrence ran the ball much at all. And uh, you talked about a situation where Florida State might not win the game, but it might be a situation where it could protect you uh, from getting blown out. Well, Clemson and their state of mind or their point of view – Certainly going to win this game, uh, but exposing Lawrence to a whole lot of hits or anything of that matter is is a real quick way as to how they get a governor put on the rest of their season. So uh, I would expect them to uh, ask that kid to run the ball as least likely as possible, and I think they're going to try to protect him as, as much uh, as one possibly can with the idea of what they have uh, otherwise at the quarterback position. Yeah, absolutely. Um so I, I do think from a defensive like scheme standpoint, Florida State will probably try to do a lot of, of what Clemson tries to do in this game, and that is protect its backers and safeties. Because what do you know? Florida State's weakness is also a linebacker and safety. They're pretty good at corner, and they're really good up front. Uh, so if they can if they can whip 
if, if Florida State has any prayer in this game, they have got to be able to whip Clemson up front with their defensive line and, and put Clemson in situations where their run game is taken out of it. And then, you you know, you see you see if Lawrence can play as well on the road as he has for most of the year. And the answer is probably yes, but that's your best shot, right? We're trying to design ways here to give you the best chance to win, even if that chance isn't real strong. I think you got you got to play back a little bit, you know, in, in terms of, of protect, protecting your safeties and backers, if you can. You really have to tackle well in space because Clemson does a good job after the catch. And then you do have to blitz some, but I think you have to blitz selectively. Uh, and and there's some people who would probably say, no, but I would blitz. I would just blitz like crazy uh, and, and and see if, if you can get the ball out, out of Lawrence's hands fast enough um, to, to make sure that he can't actually expose your backers and safeties. But, uh, you know, I, I guess we'll, I guess we'll see what they do. I, I would not blitz like a ton with, without seeing if, if my, uh, if my defensive line can really come up and, and make some, uh, make some impact. No, I, th- I think you've got to try to try to get as much of a victory on the line of scrimmage and then play with numbers uh, and, and hope a, a kid makes a, a wrong decision or has 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 trouble playing on the road. Uh, I honestly think you need something early in this game to go wrong for Clemson, both to give you belief and to install some type of uh, of doubt or question in their mind. Uh, I, you know, look, it would be it'd be a great thing for Florida State to see a punter sail the ball or a snapper sail the ball over the punter's head, or uh, just just something. Uh, that gets the crowd into it, plants the doubt of seed uh, or the seed of doubt in Clemson's mind, and and look, not everybody can deliver their their A game every day, and Clemson certainly has a habit of uh, of not bringing it in every game of uh, of throughout the entirety of a season, and I would doubt that any program kind of uh, walks into a game with Florida State, regardless of uh, what's on film or what their overall record is, without being fully focused and and expecting anything other than a tough game but maybe you get Clemson uh off what I think they thought was their uh biggest challenge in the conference last week a major win for them maybe you get them overconfident and maybe you get a a team that's not fully ready to play a noon kickoff yeah I I think that's that's exactly right the, you know, the one area that I really worry about in this game like I think Florida State's defense can hold up decently well for, for a while at least but I do think that that Clemson is probably going to rack up an enormous field position edge, you know, and that that's we we don't we often talk about it. Hey, you know, Florida State was, you know, like plus seven or or minus thirteen or minus twenty or whatever uh, average per drive. Well, the thing is, over like fifteen drives, if your if your field position advantage is is twenty yards worse, that's three hundred yards in field position advantage for, for the opponent, and that that's happened. You know, far too often, and that's something that I, I don't know that that there's a good way to turn that around in this game, um, absent turnover. So, that, let me ask you that question first. Well, or should we go predictions first, and then we'll we'll, we'll sort of ask hypotheticals. Mm, I say we do do the hypotheticals that would. Let's do hypotheticals first. So, neither of us are picking Florida State to win this game. <laughs> Right, you That's spoiled it. You spoiled yeah. it, bud. Okay. Um, how many how many turnovers would I have to 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 give you? Like net turnovers, you know. So Florida State's like plus one, plus two, plus four, plus ten. 
whatever in the turnover column for you to take Florida State? I would need at least three uh, and maybe maybe four before I start to feel mildly confident about it. I think that's my answer, too. I, I, I think if you give me three, I have confidence it's going to be a real close game. If you give me four, I feel like that's, uh, that's, that's definitely a game that Florida State is going to have a good shot to win. You know, that, that's uh, – yeah, that, that's kind of – I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. Do you think that Florida State will be outgained by at least 30% per play? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do too. I fully expect that. I think our running numbers are going to be uh, something something that's hard to swallow. Like it'll get mentioned on on like college ball final. <laughs> uh, I could just see uh, I could just see some real frustration with a run game after this game from the fan base in general, and you could be looking at you know two and a half yards of carry or something like that. Especially for the people who don't take out sacks, right? And in college, remember if you're just looking at the box score. Run stats in college include sacks, which it's the you know. easiest rant in the world. But there's no, I mean, that's the most statistically lazy thing that I can think of when it comes to giving people a, a quick, you know, an idea of the game at quick glance is that you don't take those out. But that's a that's a college football rant for another time. Oh, I have another one that's very statistically lazy. What if you just looked at somebody's overall record as a coach instead of looking at like <laughs> what the record was of the team he took over versus what the record was when he left? And then, like the subsequent records of you know how did the recruits do? Who he brought in? There's some, there's a, a wee bit of lack of perspective there, definitely. There, there's lazy, and then there's like you know just purposeful dishonesty. Man, Georgia Tech is just not running like hardly any triple option at all. It's like just all like quarterback sweep, and, and I think Vatek is so scared of the triple that they're getting kind of kind of gashed by it. Okay, so it's uh, it's prediction time. What do you got? I have uh, I have Clemson twenty nine, Florida State twelve. Okay, I have Florida State thirteen, uh, Clemson thirty four. I, I and and I think that Florida State's defense will play better than that thirty four number suggests, but I think its offense will put them in terrible situations for a lot of the day, and uh, and thus Clemson will have some some significantly short fields and easy scores, and by thirty four. You also know that I think they're going to, you know, get uh, get at least some red zone stops and, and, and force some field goals. 29-12, by the way, is an ugly game. Like, I'm thinking about how you get 29-12. That is uh, two touchdowns, five field goals for them, and then four field goals for FSU. I can see Ingram. it being uh, – I can oh, see man, it being – be Yeah, that would be, that would be rough. For both sides. Like, that's just tough to watch. I could see it being a, a close game. I could see it being a, a game going into half where it's like uh, – you know, fourteen to nine, sixteen to nine, somewhere in that area. Uh, I just think in the end that uh, I think you'll get a, a really great effort out of the roster. I, we praised uh, Willie after the weight game. I, you know, you don't have a fractured locker room. You have a team that is fully together and uh, will go to war. And I think we'll have some success. But you just can't look at what one the pieces that one side has. And the places of strength that one side has, and the weaknesses that Florida State has, and look, I'd love to tell you that Florida State wins twenty-eight to twenty-four on Saturday, but that would be me being nothing other than disingenuous and playing a really easy card there. So uh, I, th- I think the team will play well. I think there'll be times in the game that uh, 
are exciting, but in the end, I, th- I think this is a Clemson victory. Yeah. Um, I also think that there's a mentality thing that, that, that you know, is, is, is important here. And that that's this, like if you're Taggart, you want your team to believe they can win the game, but, but I don't, but you have to always, you also have to manage it to where they're not crushed if they lose the game. Right. Uh, you don't want to have like, like a thing like Miami has where, okay, you know, you, you, after the Florida State game, you completely collapse, which seems to happen a lot to them. Um, and so I think if, if you're the staff, you got to be telling this, this, this team, hey, look, we're the underdog for a reason because we've not played well this year. But we have the talent to play with these guys if we execute better than we have all year. Like if we go out and we play our A game, we can hang. Even if you and I don't necessarily think that's, that's true, absent you know them also playing a, a poor game. But that way, if you do lose, then you can say, look, hey – there's, there's reasons why we lost. We didn't execute very well. We can go back and get better at this, and we can still make a bowl game. There's some positives we can take away from these guys, right? And there's also some good lessons to learn, like, hey, you know, if you if you don't execute this, you can, you know, get your doors blown off if that happens. So, yeah, in the end, I just – I there's not one guy on Florida State's offensive line who I think is, is capable of consistently blocking anybody from Clemson's defensive line. And in that case, I cannot pick Florida State. You know who can consistently get stuff done, though, is Resolution Home Loans, man. Resolution Home Loans, a great sponsor for us. Chad and Shannon, a, a proud Noel-owned business. Right now is a great time to buy a home because guess what? They can get you financing. And the market right now, the prices are coming down a little bit. People are like, oh, shoot, I, I missed I missed that buying window. We're going, in, going into the slow season now. I want to get this thing sold you know, before the end of the year. Well, if you want to take advantage of those those dropping prices, and we've been looking at some of them, 844-FSU-LOAN. That's 844-FSU-LOAN or FSUHomeLoans.com. They'll set you up with the Almost Home program. They want to close you at rapid tempo, but but have great communication, no false start penalties, no lining up incorrectly. Uh, let, let's go get you a loan through Resolution Home Loans, and we very much appreciate them supporting the Nolcast for yet another season. But we were fortunate to be able to recruit such a quality sponsor like Resolution, and they've uh, been a great addition to our team. Why don't we end the podcast on uh, uh, maybe a little bit of a, a more positive note with uh, some of the things that are going on recruiting and some of the people that Florida State are going to have on campus this weekend. Yeah, and by the way, I was just fist-pumping through that entire transition. Well done by you. That, that was beautiful. Uh, oh. you're, you're normally the king of the, uh, the, the sponsored segues, but uh, happy to – Happy to be able to pitch in every once in a while. So th- there's a little bit of an issue here because th- this is a noon game and Tallahassee is such a hard place to get to. You know, I mean, it- it's from Tampa. It's like a legitimate four, uh, you know, from Orlando. It's a three and a half or four, depending, you know, Miami. It's like eight and a half. Uh, so given that, it- it's hard to get kids to come to a noon game. I know Florida State is not real happy that this is a noon game. That staff would much prefer this be a 3.30 or a 7 game, but they also prefer kids to come in later in the year. They're not necessarily quite as big on, on visiting, you know, for game days. And I think part of that might be FSU's game day experience is not quite as good as, as some of the other elite schools out there. You know, the crowd's not as good. The It's just that the energy is not the same as if you go to like, like a huge SEC game. Anyway... They, but they do still have some good kids coming down. Look, looks like Q Couch is coming down, big-time athlete. 
out of North Carolina, uh, lives near Sam Howell, and uh, and I know FSU is going to have Howell take his official visit later on in the year, I believe. But but Couch is a uh, is a big time linebacker prospect. Can also play a little bit of tight end uh, and and running back even. So maybe a guy you want to pitch some uh, some some two way play to if you can. But uh, Clemson. Tennessee seemed to be standing out for him. I don't expect FSU to sign him, but it's good you get him on campus. You take your best shot at him and and see what can happen. Um, and then some some good fortune. Hey, something good happened in the Florida State. Look at that. So IMG had a game, I believe, that was canceled against a team from Ohio. And uh, that means that IMG does not have a game this weekend, and so their kids can come up. And uh, Dante Lucas, Jaleel McCray, Britton Allen, Michael Jones, Charles Turner – uh, and and some some twenty uh, some twenty twenty prospects as well are coming up, and I was also told that uh, some of the IMG kids believe that Evan Neal is going to come up. So we'll see if that actually happens. We've certainly heard things like that before, and they haven't materialized. Florida State really needs needs a a, a truly elite tackle prospect in this class, and, and I am a big fan of Charles Cross, to the kid they already have committed out of Mississippi, but but he does need a little bit of physical development. So I don't know that he's necessarily like a guaranteed day one starter. If you get Evan Neal or if you get a, a top-level JUCO prospect, uh, I could pretty much guarantee you that Evan Neal will start because I'm pretty sure Evan Neal will start for Florida State right now as a 17-year-old high schooler. Like if he just – if he could play in the game on Saturday, they would suit him up and he would easily be at Florida State's best tackle, I believe. And I don't think he'd be close, um, even with the experience of the other guys. Let me bathe in the waters of optimism surrounding somebody like Neal uh, choosing Florida State. So – uh, that's a dynamic tackle prospect that Florida State has a legitimate chance at. A kid that we've talked about for eight months now, uh, or so, and uh, I know uh, Miami has a real positive chance with him, and and others as well. But Neil would be yeah, an incredible Alabama kid. Too. And Alabama is always the always the uh, the major major hurdle to jump over when it comes to Neil. But uh, get him up; it'd be a great opportunity to make a good impression. And man, I got to tell you, Dante Lucas is. Uh, Somebody that excites a lot of the fan base, and damn if it doesn't look like that kid's been a, a real linchpin for the class as far as social media and other things go. He's uh, he's uh, just a very seemingly a, a real solidifying agent to to the class so far. That's a good way to put that. He, he really is. Um, also heard that he has uh, lost significant weight since he showed up at IMG, which is something we knew we needed to do. Uh, he was always listed in kind of that three forty range, but. You know, I, I do this for a living, and, and eyeballing these kids, I can tell you he was probably north of 360 at one point. Um, so so I, I think maybe he's down a lot closer to that listed weight now, which is a, a good thing because, you know, a, as he told us before, Greg Fry actually gave him a list of uh, of the, the weights of the linemen who went in the first round, what they weighed at the combine. And Dante put that up in his room. Like he told me, he said, I, I know where I need to get, which is the NFL. And this is, you know, this is what I need to be if I'm going to do that. I can't be, you know, as heavy as I am. And so it looks like he's been taking positive steps, steps for that, too. And that's a kid that wants to play early. And Florida State has early playing time to offer if you come in in shape and work hard. But you can't come in out of shape. And, and instead of learning the offense and all that stuff, just spend all your time on conditioning. So uh, if, if he's indeed taking those positive steps and, and needs to take you know more positive steps. Certainly, that could be a big time thing there. And Jaleel McCray coming you know also helps. He's an excellent recruiter for Florida State, and uh, looks to be having a, a solid year for IMG. So excited to see that too. 
All right, y'all. We'll uh, look forward to the uh, Saturday Instant Reaction podcast and uh, just appreciate the listen as always. Uh, there'll certainly be games that we can have a more rosy preview as to what might play out. Uh, nobody that would rather be proven wrong than myself as to how Saturday will transpire, but uh, hopefully we've given you some kind of idea as to what to look for. And uh, Bud, as always, this has uh, been a lot of fun to do and uh, appreciate anybody of our audience who could uh, find the time to give us five stars on iTunes or uh, just any kind of general uh, feedback or support uh, surrounding the podcast is always uh, fantastically appreciated. So for now, this has been uh, another episode of the Nolcast, and uh, Bud will talk to you on Saturday.